Yeah, as I got more aware, this became easier. Like I say, I can look back at things and know how many symptoms I've missed along the way, but hindsight's 2020. Welcome to the Equine Body Talks podcast. We'll be diving into the equine industry from the lens of a body worker, talking to other equine professionals and discussing scenarios around soft tissue work for all equine athletes. I'm Kim Krebs, your host. I've been working for over two decades in this industry as a loper, barn manager, and body worker. With the many horses I've worked with in all of these capacities, it has driven me to want to continually find out the why and the hows of equine biomechanics, health, and performance. My mentor and one of our industry's leaders, Tina Watkins of In Hand Equine Therapy, will also be sharing hosting duties with me. Tina has been an equestrian her entire life and has dedicated the last 25 years to bringing bodywork forward as a professional career through her business, as well as education and teaching of future and current bodyworkers. This podcast is dedicated to opening the conversation around equine wellness, diving deeper into the whole body approach for equine performance horses. In today's mire of nutrition and supplements, we are always trying to find that extra bit that our horses are missing in order to hopefully gain more in the arena. For some individuals, this can be devastating as they may have allergies to ingredients that we are unaware of, but with the long list of things that goes into their feed on a daily basis, trying to find it can be like a needle in a haystack. And then possibly it's not in the feed at all, but rather in their environment or medications they are on or reactions to the blankets they wear or even interactions between two or more of the factors already mentioned. There are many reasons the body can be sensitive. Allergies can be tricky. It's a condition that can have grave consequences on ourselves and our animals. Sometimes just thought of as an annoyance rather than a true problem, if allergies are left unchecked, many further issues can arise, including death. As body workers, we often may be the first ones to pick up on conditions or changes on the animals. Allergies occur when the immune system reacts to a foreign substance that in most instances do not cause harm. It's the antibodies produced by the body when it believes it is coming under attack by the normally ambiguous substance, such as food, dust, etc., that then can cause the immune system response, such as inflammation of the skin, sinuses, airways, and digestive system. The animal or human will show symptoms such as itching, hot spots, discoloration of the skin or nail bed, loss of hair coat, excess mucus around eyes and glands, swelling, hives, open sores, sneezing, coughing, lack of energy, and many others. Living with allergies is not fun, and caring for animals that aren't able to fully communicate who have allergies is even less fun. Trying to find out the causes of their conditions and then steer clear of the triggers is a never-ending process. In today's episode, we're going to be chatting with one such owner who has run the gauntlet when it comes to allergies with her dog. Callie Dufra has been a long-time in-hand equine therapy client with both her horse and dog, and who recently has been plunged into the allergy world with their basset hound, Mookie. Callie has been involved in horses and 4-H over the last 20-plus years and has grown up with dogs her whole life. Her day job is in agricultural finance, which came as a perk, as you will find out, when it came to having to be analytical over Mookie's health concerns. Okay, so we're super excited today to be here with Kaylee Duva. She has been a long-term in-hand client, and she is literally an expert in allergies. I've said to her many times that if she wanted to change careers, that she could definitely go into helping people with their allergies. And I think this is a huge topic. So thank you so much for joining us today, Kaylee. Thanks for having me. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, it's going to be... For all my friends. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. It's going to be a great episode. So let's start just a little bit with some history. So today your animal that we're talking about is your dog, but it's totally relatable to any animal that we're dealing with. So can you just start from the beginning of when you started to realize that there was something that needed to be dealt with? So we got Mookie in August of 2018 and um, shortly after I had noticed his nails started turning brown and of course hindsight 2020 I would have paid a lot more attention to that but it was actually through the next 
about a year we were in and out of the vet and he had an ear infection and he had kennel cough and he had what was called two suspected pancreatitis attacks but they couldn't really define so clearly I knew something was wrong but we weren't getting a good answer but the tipping point I think was he got a lump on his back that seemed to continue growing and we did take him in and he had a bit of withdrawal to confirm it wasn't something to be too worried about in the interim but I found it came after we had switched a food and then it continued to grow and then I think the biggest point was when the first time you saw him Tina and finally somebody said yes like I think you're right something is going on because I had asked all kinds of people about allergies or intolerances or however you want to call it an insensitivity etc and um, you know there was the odd person that might say you're on to something but I just I didn't have a good direction so I, it was a combination of things and like I say, hindsight 2020, I can look back pretty specifically at items that were all points along the way. So, right. And so would you say that some of your first symptoms, like with just with the looking back thought process, were some of your first symptoms more physical or were some of them, was there some emotional stuff? What, what were your first things if you look back? I definitely think the physical, the nails is what really stands out to me because when he came home with us, he had white nails and by about the end of September, so let's say two months later roughly, they were going brown. Like why, why does that happen? Right. You know, and when I did a Google search, it was the first thing that popped up. I just didn't know what to do with the information. Right. I'm not sure that I would say emotional that I could tell he's always been kind of the same guy for us although as we get him healthier I find he plays again like he played right. really well as a puppy and then he didn't play a lot but we thought he was growing up but now as he feels better he'll play more often right. with us right and just to confirm too you got him as a eight week old ten week old puppy that you brought him home or yeah so he his birth his third birthday is actually this weekend oh, so he was born mid-june and we brought him home the first week of August. In that case, essentially, he would have obviously been on his mother's milk. And then they would have had him on a food transitioning him before he went on to a home. But just in terms of the change, and as we're speaking about allergies, in my mind, because we have a very similar situation with our own dog. But it's that they, they weren't necessarily on the processed food for very long and so then for you to bring him home and see that no he's fine he looks like a healthy puppy I think a lot of people sometimes will get into that thought process as oh well he was fine he was on dog food when he came home so therefore that's not the problem yeah and reality is that maybe sometimes these things just take time to build up and what's interesting, so he, when he came to us, because the person we got him from likes to feed raw food, so she actually started them on a mix of raw and kibble so that the new owner could choose the path they want to go since not everybody is comfortable with the raw or wants to go that route. So he had both, and we did try to stick with the supplier, but he actually got a bit of a puppy mix from, I believe, out of Lacombe, and then we were, and some from Penhold, and then we were using Penhold. So absolutely, all of a sudden you're changing things. And, you know, after his first, what we call pancreatitis attack, of course the vet said low fat kibble. So that's what we went to, right. and then it just continued Exploded to go from, from there. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And so, allergies is such a big topic, Kaylee. And when you and I very first started with him, we we started into what is we call it like an elimination diet, just to try to pare things back. Do you think that if you wouldn't have gone quite extreme with your elimination diet, that you would have saw the changes? And and the reason I ask that question in that way is because I think sometimes 
people don't realize how the histamine reaction works, right? So once you have histamine built up in the body for the allergic reaction, it is spiked by the smallest, tiniest things. And I know looking back on your scenario, we really had to pair it back to, you know, very basic foods and then slowly add back. So, you know, some people think, oh, maybe they're allergic to something. So they take one thing away and they don't go all the way back to basics. What do you think about that? Yeah, I would totally agree. And I, if you remember too, we were a bit hesitant to do the elimination all at once. Right. It was very daunting for us. And so we tried a couple kibbles first. And so we played around with that with not a lot of success. And, you know, as we kind of know now, maybe not everything is on the ingredients label. Yeah. Um, and is the sensitivity so strong that even if it was in contact as it's being made, right? So... Yeah, I I definitely think the elimination diet was what was best for us because we could see it with our eyes. I mean, we certainly played around with it, I think like six or nine months, right? Right. Before I think we really felt like we were on a strong path. Right. But absolutely. I think at one point he was eating rice, ground beef, and carrots. Yeah. That was it, right? Yeah. And then from there it was one thing at a time right and to be clear for those listeners that are tuning in it's not like you were buying O'Roy from Walmart right like you were trying (laughs) very good quality kibbles and even a couple kibbles if I remember back correctly that were labeled as kind of all natural and Mm -hmm. basic ingredients that kind of thing yeah we I I feel like we tried them all to a certain extent and like I say we for the longest time we fed a food from the vet so right trying to do that think that would be right. one of the best ones and right it's a bit of a misconception i think and yeah we try we searched the foods and we looked for limited ingredients and we tried the grain free and we tried this free and that free and yeah tried them all and <laughs> spent a decent amount of money in the meantime right and had a few half full bags of dog food right at the end right that we couldn't yeah. eat like he, he yeah. couldn't eat them we said to our friends would you like some food <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right <laughs> still do this <laughs> that's funny mm-hmm. so when you started on the elimination diet and i know that one of the things that you guys were worried about was not having enough nutrients right so we all think of that when we look at these processed foods horse or dog uh, or even maybe even for ourselves as people we look at them and we think okay we want like nutrient dense and we're really concerned you know that we're not giving the dog or the horse what they want or need pardon me not what they want but the thing with how the histamine reaction works we have to actually pair that back to the point that then the body is willing to take the histamine out. How long did that take for you? And I know it's case by case for people that are listening, but how long did it take for you on that basic just rice, ground beef and carrots? Yeah, honestly though, I still feel like we're still in it right. to a certain extent and that's 18 months later, right? right? I, we know he is a lot better, but I, we, I don't think we've hit that perfect ideal spot yet so I think that's something that I still struggle with and feeding a balanced diet with variety and everything you read on the internet that you should be doing it just doesn't work for him right so that's very hard yeah right and there is a little bit of guilt that you can feel and as I say I'm speaking from my own personal experience too but I imagine most people do because these are like our children and horses or dogs and so when you feel like you're not giving them their all um, that they need you you really do feel like you're not doing the right job but it is so so important to really be able to read each individual and understand what some of those signs are to to let you know that no they're not feeling good you know and and they do need some extra help so yeah. And we still struggle with that. It is funny that you say that because we go into the pet store for yeah. oils or supplements, various things still. And you see the wall of treats and the yeah. selections and all these things that a happy dog, I say that with my air quotes, should get, but he can't have them. Yeah. Right. right. And so unfortunately for Mookie, his treats are carrots or yeah. whatever vegetable. And you think that that's not a good enough treat because it's not... 
I don't know all the fancy things you right. see. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not the in our world we relate it to yeah the cakes and the donuts yeah, and all the sweet right, treats right. that we yeah. all crave. Whereas somebody that maybe has is dealing with IBS for instance isn't able to have those either. So yeah. it's very right. relatable to to ourselves if, Absolutely. if we wanted to. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we really, the reason we really wanted to have you on the podcast was because you have done an absolute phenomenal job with charting things out, really understanding, you know, what all the proteins are and slowly worked our way through. So can you walk us through it? And, and like you mentioned, we were kind of 18 months in and we have now a healthy dog that is getting back, like you say, to playing. We are getting white nails again. We don't have any more of the redness on his paws, on his tummy, all the Mm -hmm. traditional allergy signs that if you were to Google allergies. But can you go back to us on how you kind of started to develop that chart and and worked your way through some of the food? Yeah, so that, that is still a work in progress, I think, because there's so much information that's out there. And so... For myself, I really wanted to understand, and so I did a lot of reading. Simple internet searches is a really good place to start. I felt super overwhelmed with not knowing what I could feed him, and so it was important to me to know which foods were safe for dogs, which most vegetables are, right? I, but I didn't know that, and same with fruits. I, I didn't know what they could eat and so yeah reading about that was really important asking a ton of questions and finding good resources I spammed your email (laughs) a lot with long pages of questions right and looking for information Um, I found some of the pet stores were helpful with providing that too but overall it would be leading me towards a certain item and then reading about that food whether it's a vegetable or a fruit and what it does for the body and why it's important and then trying to evaluate did I need it for his diet so yeah that the spreadsheet continues to evolve but that's how I was able to keep track of things because it's so easy to forget and then the supplements or the herbs and things like that that you want to add to I know at one point we ventured down is it like a is it the histamine? Is it the sugar? Is it a FODMAP? Or we talked about a mm-hmm. Buddha diet at one. All right. these things. And so I have all these columns trying to track what, because we were trying to pinpoint. And I don't think we've really pinpointed anything. You can't put him in a box at this point in time. I can't say, well, it's gluten allergy right. maybe. Yeah. So that was just how I was able to remember things. And then I could document the reactions and I could try and find a trend, which... I sort of have, right? Not 100%, but... Yeah. And you have many times, and I think this is the other thing that gets very frustrating for people that own animals with allergies. Many times you have added a food in, and you would know within how many days that it was the wrong choice. And tell us a little bit about what changed for him. Yeah, as I got more aware, this became easier. Like I say, I can look back at things and know how many symptoms I've missed along the way, but hindsight's twenty twenty. So for Mookie, it's really fast. I can give him something. Well, he's had different types of reactions, but the most prominent one is he gets redness, or I think they kind of call them hot spots on his chest. And I'm fortunate that his chest is white because I can see that. So that'll show up within 12 or 24 hours. If I try something in the morning, I'll see it next day for sure. And then if I have unfortunately kept feeding it, it will worsen for a couple of days. We also had with aloe vera, immediate swelling on his face. And then with the flax that I had fed, unfortunately for a couple of weeks, his eyebrows. So there is some actual swelling that you can see. And then with the beans, he had hives, little bumps. Right. So that I could feel. And those were actually right after he would eat the meal. So some of it is within the hour and some of it is in 
maybe 24 hours. Right. And that's where you have been an amazing client to work with because you're very observant. Yeah. Right? And I think allergy, people that have animals with allergies, they you have to be willing to really look at what's changing with the dog. Because as you mentioned before, back when you were on kibble with that lump on his back, now we have that lump totally gone. Like there is literally, there's not even a sign of it yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my theory. I thought this lump shouldn't be coming and going if it, it should either grow and stay, but it shouldn't reduce when something changes. So I think that's what really kind of tipped me off. And I, when I asked, do you think this lump could be related to food? Oh no, I don't think that's it. I'm like, I don't know. Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) That also points to being an advocate for your animal, right? Yeah. Because I think so often in the horse world, we're very, we're very apt to have our veterinarians that are very much into the lameness or we have our other veterinarians that do our dental work or whatnot and not that it's not that way with the canine world but more often than not we refer to the the, our general practitioners and kind of each one is very much interested just because they are human they're interested in certain aspects of veterinary medicine and so depending on where that interests lie they may not be you know nutrition specialists and so again we had the same situation where we had great veterinarians in his in our dog's care and same thing they kept saying oh well it's got to be this or it's got to be that but never once did it ever pinpoint down to a food allergy until actually for us it was going into the food store same thing and uh, or pet store I should say and in my case I was like I'm pretty sure that it has something to do with it it's just that gut feeling so Mm -hmm. always trust that and be the advocate and if you don't think you're getting the right answers then you know ask more questions or ask for or you know go to a different vet or ask for a referral elsewhere too Mm -hmm. yeah I totally agree and we had the very same experience and the vet what their first vet was great it was a really difficult decision to leave that office because they were the nicest people you know they welcomed you in and we felt good and you know they they did care about him but we just not in they just they didn't have that interest or study or background so that was the biggest thing was finding a wellness team and working with you Tina gave me so much confidence that okay this is this is a thing and these are this is what's out there and this is what you can do about it and so yeah and then as we looked for a new vet, that was my first question. So what do you think about allergies? Right. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I think Kim, you said something and you've mentioned it as well, Kaylee, as you're talking, that whole gut feeling. And I know lots of times when you mentioned your long emails before (laughs) on the top of some of your emails, you said, don't think I'm crazy, but, but that's a really important thing to get across to people that you have to trust you're with the animal all the time. You understand what the animal is doing and it's really important to trust that because you know somebody might tell you and the perfect example is aloe because we use it lots for Mm anti-inflammatory and so you know when you said to me yeah he blew up with aloe I mean of course you can be allergic to anything but your first reaction is well that can't be it's an anti-inflammatory right <laughs> yeah so it is really important to really trust that gut I think that's an that's a key thing and you have to have a team that's going to be willing to work with you mm-hmm. when you say uh, I don't think this seems quite right yeah yeah because I asked those questions at the beginning but I didn't have the support to fall back on right so I what I didn't pursue it right but And so the other thing that you and I've talked about is you've seen other dogs of your breed and you've mentioned to me, oh my goodness, now that I know the signs, there is a lot of sick dogs out there. And I think we can say that about horses as well. There's a lot of sick horses. So what what would something, if somebody's listening to this and they're going, geez, I've always wondered if there was something, what would some of the things be that you would recommend that either they check in with or just some advice on you know believe what you're seeing kind of thing yeah I think the one that pops out to me the most is the watery eyes if 
your dog's eyes shouldn't run. <laughs> right. And I speak from experience because there was a period of time where Mookie's eyes were running. And, you know, you just wiped it away. and But that's not normal. Right. <laughs> they can stop running when they're feeling better. And um, you often see the light-colored dogs with the brown around the mo- the mouth and nose and eyes and that's the yeast right and I think those those are the ones that always jump out at me right um I'm sure there's others but yeah yeah any kind of redness anywhere any kind of growth between the toes all those kind of things yeah that's brilliant and so it's such a journey and you've said a couple times that you know you're 18 months into it we have him now where he's doing really good but if he eats let's just say like a potato chip or somebody gives him a treat you're going to be back in a allergic state yeah so this is still happening I mean it would be ideal if we can get to a point where he doesn't react so quickly you know we were out camping a few weeks ago and you don't think about it and there was a plate on the ground and I mean he's a basset hound and he saw that plate or smelled it before we realized where it was and I'm flying across the circle (laughs) and trying to get this get this plate and um yeah but there was a few days of itching and redness and a reaction right? right so And do the reactions, now that he's getting healthier, and we would like to get to the point, like you say, that he could have a little bit of somebody's edge of their, you know, potato chip or whatever and and be okay, but are the reactions lessening in time and lessening in severity as he gets healthier within? I think so. I do still think it depends how much and for how long he had it, like uh, the flax as an example. I gave that to him for a couple weeks and I think it probably took two to four weeks before it was really out of the system. Um, but yeah, on our on our weekend example, or one time there was the pizza incident. And <laughs> the, <laughs> pizza incident. <laughs> so, um, but those are much faster, you know, one, the next day he'll be red and then the day after that he, uh, the red is getting better. And I find that the red spots don't get so severe, they would get really bad before scabby and a bit like you really worried a bit about them with the scratching and now it more is a rash versus that uh really angry Mm -hmm. looking Mm -hmm. and so now this will be a lifelong thing for him just like anybody with allergies but our goal is like you say to get them to the point that you know he could eat something off the ground and be okay are you still adding things in and taking things away to to try to increase his overall tolerance to things? Yeah, I don't feel that we have a ton of things to take away yet. So I feel like we rotate mostly and definitely still adding in because I would like to get him more and more things. Today I tried Brussels sprouts, that was new. And like I say, I gave one, (laughs) that's the whole amount for the day, right? So very slow. Other than that, I would like to get more diverse with the meat for sure, because right now he has beef and lamb that he gets regularly. We try to alternate and bison is okay, but I'd like to have a couple more options. Yeah, and more vegetables. I think there's more that we can find. I'm not sure that we'll venture into the fruits or any of the grains ever. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, see where he gets to. And with the playing more, are you finding that overall energy and interaction is better like is is he because at one time when he was really sick and he had the droopy eyes runny eyes lots of redness he was just kind of a non-dog and people can probably hear him today you know telling us that he'd like to get walking and not sitting here doing this (laughs) interview but he was really flat like Mm -hmm. you know when he has a new Uh, allergic reaction when you try something new does his energy and stuff change i don't know if i can answer that for sure concretely i definitely agree that his energy has gotten better Mm -hmm. as he's improved and it's funny he so he goes to daycare and when he first started going to this daycare it was probably It might have been a year ago and they said at first he would just kind of stand and bark at everybody you know he didn't really want to play and then after 
it was maybe six months or so ago and they said yeah like he's he's getting in there and so I think that relates same with the walks he does better for longer distances and he's excited to go when I ask him and yeah yeah that's cool and what would you say to people if they felt like okay some of this stuff is ringing true I'm seeing the redness on my dog I'm seeing that he's flat the runny eyes where would they start like if you were to look back on it where would you send somebody if they asked you and I I keep prodding you that I think that you should change your career into this but where would you send someone yeah um tina <laughs> i would say call <laughs> tina at, in that but i mean that's not realistic for everybody and i i i do think that's something that i struggle with to this day is i don't know the answer to that which is too bad you right. know and i i agree i think that'd be a really interesting job to um talk to people about and try to help but it just it to me, I'm not aware that there's a place. I will say it's Tailblazers in Red Deer. The manager there has done some diet or nutrition and courses and whatnot, and she was great. And there was one of the ladies at Pet Planet who was one of the first people, and I said, like, what do you think about dog allergies? She's like, yeah, we, that's a th we talk about dog allergies, yes. So along the way, I, I think that would be a, a spot is a pet store. The, our vet switching the vet was huge for us again it just reinforced that uh this is a thing and it's part of his health and yes we can work around it right and he is so great because you know we when just when i was there last time he said i don't think we should give x because i don't think that's good for the dog right, right. you know and I, th I think when we talk about like fleas and ticks and whatnot and so yeah so I think those are great places. Other than that, it is, it's tough. It's tough. I don't have a specific answer. The internet has a ton of information, but it's almost too much. Right. It's overwhelming. Right. And to do an elimination diet on your own, I I don't know if I could have done it without you. Like right. I, I really don't. To have stuck with it yeah. and had somebody to talk to, and you as well, Kim, we've chatted at various times yeah commiserated yeah <laughs> yes yeah Just it is difficult know. and it is it's a true commitment because I mean you cook for your dog I cook for yeah. my dog you're you're mixing all these different types of feeds you're putting things in you're taking things out and yeah it's I mean we do it because we love them obviously and they're a member of our family but it is it is a commitment and I think I can say a lot of times people do really rely on they're veterinarians which is great you should i'm not discounting that but i think again it just goes back to really reading your dog and if you're still having issues it may just be that that veterinarian yep. isn't knowledgeable enough in the nutrition field and so you know the idea is oh we just switch feeds so they go basically usually to another kibble yep. instead of venturing into perhaps a raw diet or a cooked diet or something different completely that maybe that dog really needs and and for some dogs that could work just to switch up the kibble but some sensitivities are just that minute like you said it could be as simple as just being produced in the plant that mm -hmm. has an ingredient that isn't in their food but has been exposed to that food that they're now eating so so it's really important to be so observant of your mm -hmm. dog and like I said before, just be that advocate. And if you feel that you're not getting the answers, you have to look elsewhere. Yeah. I think, yeah, searching out, talking to your body workers, because there are so many body workers that are dual equine canine. And so they could be somebody that could help you out for sure. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Well, and I think the other thing that people need to realize, you can't go on the elimination diet for a week and the dog is better. No right that's that's the <laughs> kicker right so how long um kaylee would you say that going on the elimination diet that you because i know i had to a couple times be like no we're sticking to it you got to stick to it how long did it take before you were like oh now we're changing i laugh because there were many times along the way you're like why is this not working it's been three months and then it was six months and you know and we're just what's what what do we do here and we still have had issues where we go to the pet store and find something oh it'll this will be fine for sure 
and then no like that's not good so i would say we're fully bought in now and i bet you it was a year which sounds so terrible right but but yeah. he was a pretty extreme case but you do have to you do have to stick to it because if you don't get the body to start to normalize then mm -hmm. literally everything that goes in the first reaction is that is that allergic reaction right yeah. and then what would you say to people if they said well you know like i i i'm lost i don't know where to go i don't even have the first thought of what to do was there like some forums or something you know when you're saying the internet has so much information it was it was almost overwhelming mm -hmm. was there some favorites you had or were you more on like google scholar and getting rid of the you know just everyday google like how were you searching and and is there a kind of a recipe for people to look at stuff yeah, I found the AKC website was really good for knowing which vegetables and fruits I could try. I felt confident in the information that they were putting out for that. Every now and then you would come across a blogger or an article that seemed legit. You know, you read a few things and it, I don't know if it, you can say the person was doing anything wrong, but it was very obviously they just kind of made it up as they go and it was working for the dog but in my case we had to be so careful that that didn't work for us right so yeah the it was hard on the google searches to know and i would still get too excited and find things and then you would remind me i'm not sure about that keely <laughs> <laughs> okay the other point too is sometimes it's not always just food right that they're yes. allergic to so especially when it comes to medications and how those medications are processed or even not so much with the dogs although we do oftentimes put our dogs in blankets as well yeah. or coats but for sure with horses I've seen it quite often where you'll put a blanket on a horse and all of a sudden they're hives all over the place mm -hmm. and you think what the heck and it turns out it was probably the soap mm -hmm. that that blanket was washed in like yeah. it can be some some things like that that you really need to kind of investigate on and and think back okay what triggered this yeah yeah and that is something that we talked a lot about was the environment at the beginning and chemicals or whatever else and um I still try to put that a bit out of my mind. I use a lot of Norwex products, which is pretty clean, and try to buy the eco ones where you can, too, just in case the environment is an issue. But that does remind me, we actually did the Glacier Peaks Holistic Wellness Test, if I'm getting the name right, and we found that through a pet store in Red Deer, and that was fabulous. And I would be curious to try it again yeah. to see if it's changed and evolved as he's improved because that was about that was August of last year and I know there's different thoughts about the reliability of such tests and just allergy testing in general but it helped to have a piece of paper if it sounds so silly we'll have a baseline yeah start from somewhere yeah so like yeah. well maybe this isn't quite right but when all the grains came up as red most of the fruits and all most of the vegetables were okay it's like well there seems to be a trend here yeah, yeah that we need to something yeah. is something in this might be almost accurate right yeah yeah and I loved your point Kim about the soaps and things like that because one of the reasons why I got so deep into allergy testing was my mare she cannot have any soap with any bright dyes in it. She literally gets boils that will be pussy the next. So you ride in that saddle pad or put that blanket on her and she would have pussy boils. And that took a long time to do, you know, check, okay, which can I use? Nope, this is a no, you know, and like you say about the, the dog food, you were giving away soap to people. It's like, <laughs> do you want this soap? Yeah, so I think it's really important to be that advocate, like Kim said, really seeing what's happening with the animal. Because I think allergies is an epidemic, maybe with people too, when you start researching about it, that nobody really understands, right? And it starts with that, you know, little bit of an inflammatory response and just grows from there. And so many dogs, horses, even people are living with low-grade allergies where they're consistently being stimulated. And then 
other parts of their body start to shut down, right? So it, it can create way more problems than we think of, you know, other than, you know, people say, oh, I'm allergic to that, I'm a bit itchy. Well, it's, you know, it's much deeper than that. Kaylee, when you were looking at ingredients lists, can you tell us a little bit about how they can be quite deceiving? Yeah, this was really eye-opening for me, and I don't even know where to start on this topic because there's so much behind it, and I, I could not believe what I learned. And so you think, me being a dutiful owner, I was reading the ingredients, and well, no, there's only these things in the bag, and this is exactly what it is, and but, and I'm, I know this is true for human food as well, you don't always understand the composition of the ingredients and so I think a really important one that most people don't realize is when I believe it's say chicken meal. What is meal? What parts of the chicken is that? So that can be problematic and then they only need to put on the ingredient when it's a certain amount of the food. So there's a ton of byproducts and um, say sealants or binders that go into the food that aren't listed because it's a small enough percentage or for whatever reason doesn't have to go on the label. So I was going through the pet store and I would read the labels and I think, well, there's five things in this food and this will be great and it's fine. And it wasn't. And I think that's true for the treats as well. We've talked a little bit about this. We, best intentions, had bought plain, just the dried liver treats, beef liver treats, thinking, great, he can eat this. But you don't know if there is something else in there because it might be such a tiny percentage. So we stay away basically from anything processed, you know, and same with like bully sticks that come in a package. Well, they probably something was put on them so that they could stay in that package. And so those are the things that you really have to think about that I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, the preservatives are, yeah. are a big thing. And I can add to that little bit with our dog in that I thought, okay, we need to make this a bit easier because right now my yeah. life is hectic yes. and I'm already making a meal for my husband and myself. And now I have to make a meal for the dogs. And so I thought, okay, great. I'm going to get canned. Yeah, carrots right. and peas yeah. so perfect because he can have if I did peas on her own or I had garden carrots he could easily eat those and it was no problem but I got a can of that and especially in the winter time much easier to deal with and he immediately started to in his case his reaction really goes immediately to being quite itchy and he just can't stop yeah. and so it was literally like within hours after eating that and I was like what the heck is mm -hmm. going on it was the preservatives yeah. the juices that even though I had drained it I didn't necessarily rinse it or yeah. maybe I should have rinsed it longer but you know that was what had apparently given him the issues and I'm really glad that you had mentioned something about that at the beginning you said you know canned food is an option everybody has days where they need something but do be careful because I think the same it's a can of peas that's all there is Right. Yeah. But it's not, right? Yeah. And, and like you said, so many things don't need to actually be listed mm -hmm. because they are so minute. But when you're talking about allergies can be yeah. such triggers. Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, if you're fine and those things don't bother you, great. Then that's fine yeah, with have me. At it, right. But as soon as it impacts you and like you say, when, you're, when your dog is sick and sometimes it's throwing up and sometimes it's itching yeah. or whatever, it, <laughs> we can't have that. No, no. <laughs> And I think there's lots of things in food processing that they don't tell us, like, you know, spraying the inside of cans with uh, plastic, right? Like all the things that you don't think about are just in actual food processing, right? Yeah. That we don't think it's about. It's become normal. It right? is totally yeah. become normal. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think the same thing goes for the horse feeds. You know, we, we feed our horses quite a bit of processed feeds mm -hmm. now. And which have been great, have been convenient, and in a lot of cases have been super for horses that need to have the variety of different nutrition and are lacking, maybe need some extra weight on them, vice versa, whatever. There's lots of different reasons why we feed it. But, and equine nutrition, as we talked with Tanya Minder on the, from Trisana Nutrition, is even less monitored. Yeah. You know, so there's so many things that can be in those feeds that 
you have no idea that are actually in there and they yeah. vary from bag to bag from lot to lot they vary as well so it's really important just to be observant again we keep saying it but knowing your horse knowing your dog mm -hmm. knowing your own body too because i think i've been down that road with my own allergies you know and trying to figure out what are my triggers so yeah I think you make a good point too about varying from bag to bag because you can't control exactly what's in that bag and that's a big part of why I it's a big job but I like to cook for him because I know exactly what he's getting and that's that's what I need right yeah. now will we maybe get to a raw food mix maybe but I'm not in a hurry because even that you just you can't determine the percentages yeah so. yeah well, and seeing him well versus seeing him in his allergenic state, I mean, it, it keeps you inspired to keep going, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I wrote out a little timeline of events before earlier this week just to kind of refresh my memory. And so I was flipping through his file folder, which is mostly vet invoices and other important documents I felt I should keep. And as I wrote that we were in and out of the vet every month or every other month for probably two years that is wild and yeah I, yeah and that's not okay no, right and no. something's wrong <laughs> so yeah. i think that's my reminder to people too you you don't need to go to the vet that often right no. yeah. well and the interesting thing too that i think people should know it wasn't just that you were going to the vet for the same thing mm -hmm. like that's the other thing with allergies is it affects the body in so many different ways so i know you had listed some earlier in the talk of the different things but it's really important to realize that oh you have allergies you're itchy or you have a hive it comes out in lots of different organ systems and mm -hmm. different ways in the body so it's not like you had an issue that you were just going back for again and again right it varied yeah that's right and he had different allergic reactions to different ingredients as well that you know it wasn't yeah. just allergies oh he's got hives it was so varied with swelling with mm -hmm. highs with you know the redness whatever yeah <laughs> i'd love to find the perfect trend and say this is exactly everything about him right but i haven't quite connected all the dots so i'll keep working at yeah, it yeah. Totally. and see if i can but I do think that allergies shorten the lifespan of these animals, people as well, but because of how it creates other illness or, you know, creates other organ problems within the body, right? So I think it's really important for people to get more aware of what's happening. Yeah. You said something funny to me one time when we were working together on Mookie and you said, my friends think I'm crazy at the beginning, but now everybody's coming around or something like that. What yeah. would you say other people have noticed about Mookie? Yeah, our friends and family has been fantastic. When I first started talking about this 18 months ago and people still laugh at me that my dog goes for massage, but I think it's important. It's, it's part of his wellness. And yeah, at the beginning, as I talked, you could see people's eyes and their faces kind of glaze over and they like, you do what? And you're cooking and you're buying ground meat for your dog from the groceries, you know? <laughs> and, but then my dad started calling me saying, Hey, there's a sale at the grocery store. You better go buy some ground meat. And, um, you know, when we, when we see our parents, they know his treats and so they'll have carrots and cucumbers and that he likes and so that's what he gets to have and when we see our friends and if we're eating something you know everybody's making sure they don't drop something and yeah <laughs> so they've really embraced it which is fantastic and do you think that's because they see the difference like they've they've left you as a crazy person and now realize <laughs> that you're actually you know he's a better dog and ha happy healthier dog yeah definitely i mean the the lump on the back everybody could see and the brown in the nails and just knowing that we're not up in the middle of the night because the dog's getting sick right, right? and so so there's some stuff that they can't see but that they hear us talk about and for sure if anybody that knew Mookie two years ago versus what they see him today we and everybody at the barn like, oh he looks great and yeah there's there's lots of visual aspect too yeah, yeah. that's awesome Thanks so much for coming on and chatting with us today about all of the allergies and, and really reiterating everything that you've gone through with Mookie because he has been such a 
special case for us to be able to see him improve as well but it's definitely something that people need to be aware of and again not just for your dog we use Mookie as a prime example because he was so severe but at the same time we've seen horses with this we've seen people with allergies that are suffering you know needlessly really so thanks again for just being so open about it yeah if I can share my story and it helps one dog then I'm that's all that matters right it's just talking about it yeah with our dog having major allergies as well, I commiserate with Callie often on the situation. They present so differently, and as Tina mentioned, it's not always the classic itch and runny nose, but often can be animals that are just in and out of the vet's office for many different reasons, often relating to digestion. The key is to be vigilant and go with your own gut feelings. Finding help can be tricky. Often, veterinarians are working at helping the animal's current condition, i.e. reducing the inflammation response, and may not be as versed in allergies, as both Kaylee and I found out in our own situations. With our own dog, his immune response was to attack his own joints, so the increased swelling in the joints was what the veterinarian was concerned about alleviating. It wasn't until I became more aware of when he had flare-ups around the food he would eat, or in his case, refusing food, that we started on the path of allergies. Body workers, veterinarians, both holistic and traditional, as well as some very reputable companies such as Rivas Remedies, can be great sources of information, but ultimately it will come down to the owner's vigilance and ability to track cause and effect that will make the biggest impact. And don't go it alone. Allergies can be daunting and it requires buy-in from all parties involved to make the difference for the animal. Everyone participating in the care of the animal must be on the same page for the program to be effective. When it comes to allergies, every little thing does count, even that special little treat that may inadvertently be given. If you have further questions in regards to today's episode, please send us a message at office at inhandtherapy.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. We appreciate each rating and review you can give to help grow this podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook under Equine Body Talks or connect with us by email at equinebodytalks at gmail.com. To learn more about courses by In Hand Equine Therapy, please follow them on Instagram and Facebook as well and their online course platform at inhandequinetherapy.podia.com. Remember to always be an advocate for your horse and not be afraid to open the conversation around your horse's wellness team.